everyone, and welcome to the Playmakers Podcast. I'm your host, Haley Elwood, and joining me on today's show is Courtney Cronin. Courtney works for ESPN as the Minnesota Vikings NFL Nation reporter. She is an award-winning journalist who has been with ESPN since 2017 and delivers news, analysis, and insight about the Vikings on ESPN.com and makes regular appearances on ESPN's radio and television platforms, including SportsCenter and NFL Live. I'll talk with Courtney about what it's like covering a team beat, how she's made her mark in a male-dominated industry, and oh yeah, what it's like braving those cold Minnesota winners. So now let's welcome in Courtney Cronin, presented by Mercury Insurance. All right, let's say hello to Courtney Cronin. Courtney, how are you doing today? I'm great, Haley. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Thank you so much for joining me. No problem. So you cover the Minnesota Vikings for ESPN as their NFL Nation reporter, but just give our listeners a little background on your career up to this point. Well, I started my career in Mississippi, uh, in Jackson, which is the state capital, kind of jack of all trades role. I covered high schools, I covered SEC football, SEC baseball, recruiting, uh, the whole nine yards of of what makes up sports down there and what draws uh, a lot of attention. Uh, to that area regionally so I mean I got my start there I loved it I lived there for three years moved out to the Bay Area uh, where I covered the Warriors Raiders 49ers uh, mixed a little bit of Giants and athletics in there too um, and got a chance to really dabble in the pro sports world for the first time and I was only out there 17 months but managed to cover uh, two finals runs, a bit of a Stanley Cup run with the Sharks in 2016, uh, the Raiders 12-4 and four season in, in 2016, and, and obviously all the, all the stuff that was going on with the 49ers as they began rebuilding mode to kind of the team you see now, that all was going on in, in the early stages of my career covering the NFL. So it was really unique to see that. And then in 2017, right before training camp, I uh, jumped to ESPN uh, to cover the Vikings. They had a great opportunity that presented itself for me and I uh, haven't looked back since. This is my third season covering the team and uh, it just it feels like it's my first season still. It's gone by so quickly. What do you like about covering a beat versus your time with the San Jose Mercury News where you were covering, like you said, all different sports, all different topics? I think it gives you a chance to really sink your teeth into uh, what you're doing and get to know every single player get to know people in the building from the front office to the coaching staff to the support staff um a little bit of everything in between like that to me was really important because as you mentioned like when i'm jumping from nba to the nfl into the nhl into mlb like you go from one season to the next and there's really no gap uh that you have there and it's nice to kind of do something year round where I think the NFL, the reason I love covering the NFL is because it truly is a year round sport. I mean, once the season ends, it's not like you have eight months where you do nothing. I mean, you cover uh, coaching searches and free agency and the combine and the draft and OTAs and mini camp and training camp. And um, I really enjoy kind of getting to see how it's, how the process comes together of, of building teams and, seeing how it works and and how it doesn't work so I mean to me it's the best beat to cover because a you know what your schedule is every single week you're not on the road uh you know on the end of a back-to-back where you've been gone for two and a half weeks like it really is um a great chance too to cover you know there's 63 guys in every locker room with the practice squad uh factored in there too I mean 
a lot of different stories to tell. And to me, that's such a great opportunity to make yourself better as a journalist and really get to know um, these players more than just for what they do on the field. Yeah, I love it, obviously, from the team side, because I equate it to like a school year. Like, you know what you're going to get at certain times during the year, and it kind of makes the year go by actually very fast in a sense. Would you say that's the same for you? Oh, yeah. I mean, I can't believe it's week 15. Yeah, right. Like, there's there's this stretch that you go through, kind of the slog of the season, where if you're covering a winning team, it goes by quickly. If you're covering a losing team, it goes by very slowly. And I've been on the uh, opposite ends of, of both spectrums. Like, you know, covering a 2-14 and 14 49ers team in 2016 was, was tough because it's like, okay, well, what am I going to write about? What am I going to what are we going to talk about? Because this team, it's the same result every single week. And, and certainly too, I mean, you can't forget the Colin Kaepernick right. um, stuff was happening throughout the 2016 season. And that was a major storyline that we were talking about throughout the year. So um, I think it makes you actually a better writer and a better journalist uh, when you are covering a losing team or a team that's already out of playoff contention. You're trying to figure out, okay, what stories, can I spin forward to the future of this franchise? What stories do people want to read about uh, when they don't really have any faith that their team is any good anymore? So, I mean, there's, there's a lot of learning experiences you can gather uh, from, from covering a team that, you know, is struggling, but like it goes by, like the season just flies by at certain points. And I think, you know, the month of October was a blur. November was a blur. And now we're in December. It's like, okay, this is where it counts the most. Uh, as teams are trying to, you know, solidify their playoff bids. And it's like, it, it feels like it counts more almost. Mm-hmm. And like everything stakes are so much higher. And, you know, it's your last chance essentially to uh, to show the strength of your team and show if you're going to make it far in January and potentially even into the Super Bowl. So, I mean, it just, you know, raises the stakes all around from what I'm doing and, you know, the coverage that I'm trying to provide my readers and my viewers to, uh, you know, kind of what we do with the company too with ESPN. And you're in a situation too, covering the Vikings. They're currently, you know, if you hear it, if the playoffs started today, they'd be in. How much are you also having to pay attention to whatever else happens on Sundays with the NFC while you're also doing your own job as well? Oh, I think you have to be. I mean, you have to be clued in to, you know, what the other, at least what the other six teams, uh, five teams in the playoffs outside of yours are, you know, where people are seated and and certainly keeping track on who's in the hunt. Uh, Because I know at least with the Vikings situation, I mean, the Rams winning last night, um, they're chasing down the Vikings for that number six seed in the playoffs. So, I mean, it's definitely something you can't just be focused in on your own team. I mean, you're focused on the division and figuring out scenarios and, I think that's kind of the fun part. I love um, ESPN's playoff machine, just oh, trying to so figure out. Um, it it kind of reminds me of like when you're in high school and you're trying to figure out like what your grade can be on a certain <laughs> test. Uh, like if you need to study for the final, like what if I got a 38% on this final? <laughs> exactly. Would I still end up with a B? Like what would I need to get like an A? And it's just like, I think that's the fun part of this year where you see teams jockeying for playoff position and just how quickly stuff like that, like where, you know, the two seed and and the five seed could change. So, I mean, that to me is is, is so fascinating. What makes for a good beat reporter or for someone like you and your job at ESPN, what's sort of the most important thing that you want to convey to your readers? Um, I think a lot of it has to do with your connections uh, to the team and just showing that you are rooted um, in a place where people will talk to you and you can provide, you can, you know, kind of be the trusted voice 
or among the trusted voices on your beat where you're, you're not just breaking news, but you're also giving context mm -hmm. to what matters and, and analyzing things from uh, an objective viewpoint and, and truly explaining, like tying it with institutional knowledge to history, to trends and showing kind of like how things, you know, progress through time with teams. Like that to me is the most important part of being a beat writer where you're not just focused on the now, but you're relating it to like, what does this mean? Like if you can tell people what something means, that's, critically important to the success of yourself as a beat writer. We'll get back to our conversation with Courtney in a few, but we wanted to remind you that you won't miss a minute of the action with the official Los Angeles Chargers app. Follow real-time stats, watch your favorite Bolts programming, and live local Chargers games all season long. Download today at chargers.com slash app. Geographic and device restrictions apply. Local and primetime games only. Data charges may apply. Chargers fans, we know you love the Bolts, but you probably also love saving money too. And Mercury Insurance can help with that because Chargers fans save an average of $769 with Mercury. That'll get you great seats for the next game and jerseys for the whole family. So what are you waiting for? Get a quote today at mercuryinsurance.com to see how much you could save. It only takes a few minutes to switch and it could save you a lot of money. Don't wait. Get a quote today at mercuryinsurance.com and go Chargers. Savings info based on 2019 California Department of Insurance Rank Comparison Profile 38A. Individual savings may vary. Now let's get back to the interview with Courtney Cronin presented by Mercury Insurance. So covering the Vikings, you obviously went from the Bay Area to Minnesota. How quickly did you have to acclimate and adjust to learning this team? Obviously, it changes year to year, but when you first got there, because it's brand new pretty much, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I grew up in Chicago, so I, you know, grew up kind of in NFC North country to begin with, mm -hmm. but I didn't know much. I mean, outside of like, you know, Randy Moss and, you know, those late 90s Vikings teams and obviously the, the late 2000s Vikings teams too. And um, like I, I had to kind of like build my institutional knowledge of this team on the fly. So what I did once I found out that I was leaving uh, the Bay Area, I ordered a ton of books just like trying to figure out um, the history side of the team because I was like, okay, like I can, I can go to ESPN.com. I can go to all the local newspapers to try to build up my knowledge base before I start on this job. But I should also have, um, you know, the knowledge of how this team was built, how this team, yeah. you know, went to a bunch of Super Bowls and never won any of them. And, and just kind of like learning the coaching trees and, and who's come up through this organization and, and all that. So, I mean, that was really important to me. It was kind of like cramming uh, for a big test mm -hmm. and, it, you don't need to know it all at once. It wasn't like day one on the beat. I had to be this wealth of knowledge because you're constantly learning. I mean, the whole first year, like just with what happened in 2017 and how unexpected that was, like that was a wild ride for everybody and, you know, myself included, just because you're trying to, you know, write historically like in the context of history, what all this means, but also reporting on the now. And um, I tried to do the best I could with that. I think that that's, it was, there's no better way to learn than kind of jumping right into the deep end and, and trying to swim. And, and I love that season. Like I look back at that and just think about how much fun I had uh, getting to experience this, uh, my first NFL beat, like where I'm truly the beat writer and not just bouncing around from team to team. Like that was really cool. Yeah. You mentioned some of those stories, finding those stories. There are 63 guys in a locker room in the regular season, but what's sort of your favorite story that you've done so far with Minnesota? Man, uh, that's a tough one. Um, you know, I had a chance this past summer to go down to Mike Zimmer's ranch. Um, 
in Northern Kentucky and just kind of see him away from football in his element on his land and, and, and learn a little bit more about Mike away from football while still like football is, is who this man is. But um, I really enjoyed our conversation down there and got getting, you know, the opportunity to see somebody in a different light. You know, you're around each other, the beat writers and the coaching staff and the team were around each other all the time for five or six months. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like, sprinkled in sporadically throughout the off season, it's nice to kind of, you know, peel the layer of the onion back and find out more about what makes a person tick. That's probably among uh, the most memorable things, at least that, you know, that stand out to me at the stories I've gotten to tell in Minnesota. How has the sports media landscape changed for women that you've seen from your time in this business? Well, I think that there's just more representation. Um, like we're, you know, I look around the league right now and I think about how many friends that I have who are beat writers uh, covering teams, whether it's for ESPN, whether it's for the athletic, whether it's for newspapers, you name it. I mean, there are so many, we're not an anomaly anymore, which is, which is so cool. And I mean, that extends beyond the like newspaper print online journalism. Like people were, I know a ton of people who work for teams, who work for radio stations, who are on the PR side of it, who are in the agency side of it. Like there's just so many of us. Um, and you know, one thing I started last year at the combine was, uh, this like, you know, anybody who's, anybody who does anything, Yeah. yeah. Anybody who does anything with the NFL, um, let's get together for a happy hour because there's never really been a chance for all of us to try to be in the same room at the same time, whether, you are in the journalism capacity, whether you're on the, you know, the personnel side um, for a team, like there's just so much opportunity there to get to know each other and network. So I'm really hoping that we can continue that again um, and make it even bigger next year. But like, I, I like that stuff I think is important because it's important to know that, yes, I might be the only woman in my um, conglomerate uh, in my media conglomerate or might be the only woman in the locker room on a regular basis of the team I cover, but look around the league. There's so many of us everywhere. And I think that's really, you know, representation is important. And I hope that we can kind of continue to progress in that direction. Are there other women that cover the Vikings that you see on a daily basis? There's three of us total. Don Mitchell works for Fox nine. She's a TV reporter. Lindsay Young is a team reporter yes. for the Vikings. And then there's me. So it's pretty much, um, the three of us are, you know, I wouldn't say fish out of water, but it's like, we're just, you know, we're like, there's a lot more men uh-huh. around us. I mean, from the players that we cover to the people working for the team to the other beat writers and, and media members. But it still is one of those kind of situations where you find strength amongst each other in that sense. Like I remember when we were in San Diego, I was one of very few women in the locker room, but MJ Acosta, who now works at NFL Network, sure. she, was, she was with the NBC affiliate in San Diego. When she came in, she's like, hey, you, we're the same. Like, we're both women. So we're going to be friends now. We're going to kind of meet up and, and do this thing. And it is cool when you have that kind of camaraderie amongst each other. Oh, totally. I mean, I think that that's what makes, um, that's what makes it fun mm-hmm. because, you know, it, it's nice to when you are kind of in that minority, it's nice to be able to connect with other people and realize like some of the things you struggle with, some of the issues that you have, you're not alone in that. Um, so I, I've really enjoyed, I mean, MJ is a perfect example of that. Like she and I became fast friends uh, this past year after meeting up at the combine happy hour yeah. that we organized. So, I mean, it, it's a good way to, you know, there's a lot of women in this industry 
and kind of trying to find like common threads that connect us all is, you know, one of, you know, I, I love doing that. That's, that's so important to me because we're better, I think, unified than we are everybody kind of doing their own thing, fighting for themselves. And then lastly, you and so many other women, not only at ESPN, but around the broader sports world have accomplished so many amazing things, but where do you see women's roles in sports media trending? Um, I think it's just like anything else. Like we're in 2019, like it, nothing should be shocking or, um, you know, wow, woman's doing this now. Like it, that's just, it just doesn't exist in, in today's um, climate, especially in sports media. I mean, we're not seeing, you know, the, t- the type of advancement we're seeing now is like unparalleled compared to where it was, you know, in the infancy stages, even like 10 or 15 years ago where, you know, women were only considered for sideline roles on TV. Like now you're seeing people like Mina Kimes, um, you know, who's somebody that I look up to. I mean, she's breaking a ton of barriers. I know that with the Rams this year, she was one of the color commentators, the analysts uh, for, for some of their early, I think it's for some of their preseason games. Like those are roles, like the roles that we traditionally have not seen women fill. Mm-hmm. Um, like that to me is, is something that's awesome because, you know, you're starting to see more women talk radio hosts having their own show where they're not just like you know you know beat writers are are one thing I feel like we've had a lot of women writers over the years and that's wonderful but like seeing it expand into like I guess non-traditional roles for for women in sports like that's where it's going and it's just a matter of uh seeing that happen more often and, and more frequently as years come by well awesome thank you so much Courtney and uh we'll see you out here in LA right Yeah, I'm very much looking forward to getting out of the snow. That was going to be my last, last question in that sense. Uh, Have you adjusted to Minnesota winners yet? Yeah, I think that there's still always a learning curve of of how to deal with this for five or six months. Uh, But I grew up in the Midwest. I'm used to the snow and the ice and the cold, but it is another level up here. It certainly is. Well, we will welcome you to 66 degree weather out here on Sunday. I am looking forward to it. Thank you, Courtney. We appreciate it. And that's a wrap on this week's episode of Playmaker. So many thanks to ESPN's Courtney Cronin for joining me. One final reminder to subscribe to the Chargers Podcast Network wherever you listen to podcasts because we are now also on SoundCloud and Spotify. The Chargers Podcast Network is your one-stop shop for all things Chargers directly from the team, including in-depth conversations and analysis with players, coaches, executives, national reporters and broadcasters, and much more. Be sure to rate and review, and thanks for listening. Catch you guys next time.